You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience. The validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. What's up, guys? What up? It's the 3M Podcast. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. And my name is Sean. We're a comedy horror podcast. We tell silly and scary stories. Bro, every time I hear that, all I hear is comedy horror podcast. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty accurate <laughs> I mean, well. it's either way. It kind of works. This is your first time here. Welcome. If you're a long-time listener, welcome. A second welcome. <laughs> Dose welcome. Two welcome. Count yourself lucky. Um, go follow us on IG at the 3AM pod. We're also on YouTube. We have a patron. Patreon. <laughs> like, share. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. We do have a Twitter. We, we're not active on it. <laughs> but we do have it. And if you want, leave us a five-star review. If you want. Yeah. Okay. Now that that's out of the way. <laughs> how are you guys? Good. Good. Very good. Um, I'm going to tank the energy of the podcast. Okay. I had a crazy experience this morning. I took my dog out on a walk at like 6 a.m. We get home. And on my way home, there's a trash can in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking around. And there's a super old man just like sprawled out on the road. Oh. So I immediately throw my car into park, jump out. He's bleeding from like the head and the hand. And I run over. I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I just. And this is something I have a little bit of experience in. But when old people have accidents, they're more embarrassed. Right? Yeah. So I just try to make it. I was like, oh, no, it's okay. Like, it's all, I got you. I got you. And I helped him up. And I could tell he was like in, in a little bit of pain. He's like, I just was trying to move that trash can. And it got away from me. And I was like, no worries. No worries. So I like help him stand up and I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, I can't just leave him, you know, but luckily someone who knew him ran up and was like, like, Jim, are you okay? What's going on? We got to get you to the hospital. And they, I looked at him and I was like, are you good? And they're like, yeah, we're good. They took him. The reason it was a lot is because this time, two years ago, I lost both my grandparents and I lost one of them due to health. And then the other one, like straight up dementia and broken heart. And just if if anyone's out there and they've lost a loved one, you're not alone. Um, there's like nothing you can say to someone when they're mourning, though. Like, I know how you feel. You know what I mean? Um, the most you can do is just be there. Yeah. 
So if there is ever, if anyone's going through anything out there, you can hit us up. We'll listen and we'll be your friend. <laughs> but I don't know. Um, have you guys had any experiences with like memory care units or like old people losing their memory? Luckily, no. It's fortunately, no. Sean, you? Uh, yeah, I feel like I have, but it's been a while though. Are you it was having memory <laughs> issues? <laughs> no, dude, it was before we went to the Hawaii trip. I drove up by myself uh, and like visited my grandma and grandpa there. And that was the last time I saw my grandma before she passed away. Huh. And I feel like they were like doing pretty well, but also still having like a little bit of memory loss slipping in there. It's a super wild thing to experience. My grandpa for the last like three months had to stay in a memory care unit. So I was going as often as I could, sometimes like three times a week, and just sitting with them. And he had no idea who I was. Right. Yeah. Which is so weird because like six months previous, you know, he's my grandpa. He's like, your, he's your favorite everything. Right. And then, then like you flash forward and he, he like doesn't know who you are, but he just knows like you're a calming presence. Yeah. And just being in there, being with a ton of old people, you can tell there's like, it's such a scary struggle because they like don't know where they are. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what's going on. They're embarrassed to like ask for help. And it was wild. I was there pretty late one night and like I'm sitting in my grandpa's room. He's like just falling asleep and all of a sudden the door opens and some lady like walks in and she's like, she thinks it's her room. She thinks it's her, you know what I mean? So I had to like get up and be like, all right, like where, where do you sleep? And she's like, um, and all right, let's go find where you sleep. And we walked around the, you know what I mean? Like just all these yeah, crazy experiences I was kind of going through two years ago. Didn't really talk about it on pod because it was like too fresh and new. Yeah. Um, but like memory, losing your memory. One of the, truly one of the scariest things to me that can happen. Um, there were moments where he'd be looking at me and all of a sudden he'd be like, I know your dad. Your dad's like an accountant. And I was like, yeah. Or he would think I was my dad. Like, oh, when we were in Boston, when you were a kid, I was like, no, that's, that's my dad. Or, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there were moments where it was like nice. Uh, But something you kind of learn, maybe not everyone, but me and a lot of my family members is like, you have to like laugh at it almost. Like you have to find the humor in some situations or like, it, I don't know, like be able to release yourself from like the seriousness of it and just be able to stand back and like, I don't know. I don't even know. But for me and me in my moment, it was like, I just like laughed at it sometimes because it's like, it's easier to laugh than cry. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Does that well, make sense? Usually my laughing is my coping mechanism anyways. Yeah. So when things are just too shitty, it's like. <laughs> what else yeah. are you gonna do yeah. yeah but anyway so i started my day were you gonna say something i started my day with like a, a, a very like visceral experience where i was like geez and then i go into work and make memes for six hours <laughs> <laughs> so, so the darker yeah, version of yeah. memes today <laughs> tap into that dark energy <laughs> but anyway uh another heads up we've been trying to put out more episodes and I recently got a new job. So we hired my sister, Brittany. So yeah, you might've heard us talking about it before, but she officially is like editing all the episodes, which she picked up 
insanely fast. It took me two years to get down like what I've the level I'm at. And like in a week, she was like 80% as good as me. And I was like, damn. damn. Yeah. But so she's ed- editing all the episodes. Shout out Brittany on the team. Um, but we've run into an issue. <laughs> she already lives in a haunted house. <laughs> she has an old farmhouse. Like many people have lived in there. And she's like, dude, the room she edits in, she thinks is the most haunted room. So already, <laughs> the second she starts editing, she's like, I've noticed more things. I feel like I'm not alone when I edit. And there's one subject in particular that triggers her. And it's demons. Ooh. So a couple episodes ago, you'll remember, we started talking about a very a heavy hitter demon. Who oh, I, we won't name right now. We won't now. name but he's a heavy hitter. She also is in charge of looking up like photos for YouTube. So she started Googling all these names and like, she was like, dude, I can't, I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, don't be Googling that. She's like, if it's heavy possession or demon stuff, I just can't. I'm really sorry. I was like, no worries, no worries. But she goes to bed that night. She said like the whole time the vibe was off in the house. She gets into bed. She turns off the light. It's pitch black. She has a huge nightstand next to her bed. She sets her phone down in the middle of the nightstand Rolls over, closes her eyes. And she's nodding off and she hears. And her phone hits the ground. She's like, I don't know how it fell off the nightstand, but it just smacked to the floor. And so she like kind of looked over and like sees like a little bit of the light under the rim of the phone. And in her mind, she was just like. The demon wants you to reach down so it can grab you or look at you from under the bed. <laughs> She's like, I left it there all night. And this is where we'd like to give you our ad for those T-Rex hands. <laughs> like the pincher things? The yeah. pincher things. You yeah. can just reach anything from anywhere. And let the demon grab it if it wants. It can grab that, but it's not going to grab you. That's funny. <laughs> no, but I, I was like, oh, crap. There, someone else was like, started sharing that they were having experiences because they started listening to our podcast. There have been several times, several incidences. One, we know a good friend of ours never listened to the podcast. Totally fine. Not everyone's thing is scary stuff. Yeah. They listen to it for the first time as a couple. And that night, the oh. husband has insanely bad night terrors and basically wakes wife up by like swinging on her. And they were like, oh, we're not saying it's because of your podcast or anything, but... <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, the, like two studios ago, the person who lived above us experienced some things. I feel like there was one more. Someone recently was like... No, there's I a handful. Know. I've had people tell me about things that are happening in their house and whatnot. I don't know. Because they started listening to us? Yeah, or while they're listening to us. Okay, so caution. Beware, dude. Um, another update is Gabby Petito. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yesterday, uh, the corner. So we don't choke. We know that it was <laughs> homicide, but yeah, the corner determined strangulation. Isn't dog the bounty hunter though? Like hunting him down right now, dude. Yeah. What happened to that? It was like out of no, no nowhere, a whirlwind of dog, and then like he's just like he was like I am within an hour of getting him, and that was like. <laughs> 102 hours ago. <laughs> it's because, yeah, if Beth was still here, we, we would have yeah. had him. Rip Beth. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's crazy. So definitive death by, or it's a murder. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. 
So that's a small update. Update nonetheless. Update nonetheless. Doug the Bounty Hunter. Who's your favorite uh, white trash? I was going to say, are you going to ask Bounty Hunter? or Because I only know one. Oh white trash? Bro. Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> Eminem? Oh. <laughs> I mean, Eminem's early stuff I did like. Dude, Theo Vaughn. And he's not white trash. Dude, he's got a, he's got a stand-up coming to Netflix. <gasps> I'm so stoked. Theo Vaughn's a comedian. He's from Louisiana. His humor is not for everyone, but it <laughs> just tickles my funny He's bone got dog. some haters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's off the rails. He uh, makes no sense. But all the sense. All the sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, dude, have you guys heard, uh, you guys know Tim Robinson? Like the, is he the motivational speaker? No. <laughs> Tim, Tim Robinson, Robinson, he was a writer for SNL for years and years. And I feel like being a writer for SNL, like that's where the real you have to be funny. like humor is. Like cuz the executives make decisions and they're like, "Okay, we got to tone this down." So like there's so many SNL skits that aren't funny. Mm. There are tons that are, but the ones that aren't funny, I feel like I blame them on the executives who like who like turn the notch up. down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Tim Robinson, uh, has a show, I think it's a new season. I don't know how long it's been out, uh, at least a year, but it's called, I think you should leave. Have hmm. you seen it? Uh-uh. It's What's all, it ske- it's all sketch comedy on Netflix. And dude, that show has me squealing right now. It's so <laughs> damn funny. Just laughing and laughing. I'm adding it to my list right Good now. Rick. Um, it's super bite-sized episodes. 15 to 20 minutes each and within each episode it's like four skits oh dang yeah. oh so dang. it's really easy to watch yeah non-committal um, for you yeah. uh <laughs> yeah anxiety ridden yeah. listeners out there yeah, exactly so that's something that i've been super hyped on but dude i can't remember the last time i laughed this hard dude that's dope i'm excited it's funny how people now are like dude a movie's too long like i two hours i can't do <laughs> But I will binge eight hours of Squid Game. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, you are just a yeah. liar. <laughs> You're a liar. Yeah. Dude, speaking of SNL, did y'all watch uh, Kim, Kim Kardashian's? No. Bro, I've been meaning what? to. She slayed. Really? She did really well. She do like the the intro or whatever? Well, yeah. she hosted oh, shoot. SNL. And someone sent it to us and they were like, you know, this is amazing. This is good. And I was like, okay, whatever. It's Kim K. I'm not really interested. <laughs> but I ended up watching it today on the way to work. And... uh Amazing. Okay. I'm, she did really good. I'm looking that up too. Her delivery was good. The material was hilarious. She just tore her family up and it was so funny. It was so self-aware. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was good. You should you should give it a watch. Uh, three days ago? Yeah. There's one that's seven and a half and one that's four and a half minutes. Which one should I do? I don't know. Try seven. But not. Oh, the monologue. This yeah. is the one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Save that. Okay. Saving. Uh... Isn't it crazy Squid Game is becoming, or it is officially the most streamed like Netflix premiere or something ever? Yeah, it was number one most... in like 90 countries or something like that. Why? Um, I don't know. I it's, mean, it's a really it. easy show. It's not complex at all and it's very fast. Like, True. it's engaging. It's not uh, dialogue heavy. You don't have to, there's, you don't have to really, they don't invest much time in like character development as much as they do like the action of it all. Like the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And in the show, it doesn't really matter almost to your story. It's like, that's all out there. You're playing the game here and now. Because I noticed the the main character, I, 
still hated him throughout the whole series. <laughs> Even at the very end, I I didn't like him. Huh. Um, I liked him a little more, but I still I I, just, I hated him less. Is what it was okay. by the end of the okay. show. <laughs> um, but I still hated him. Uh, so that was an interesting dynamic. Like I didn't care about the character. Like I cared more about the world he lived in. Mm. So I don't know. I. Yeah, I don't know why it's so super popular. It is weird. It's become like such a phenomenon that like there so many people are making TikToks of it. So many people are referencing like, and when I say TikToks, uh, they're not actually playing the game. <laughs> Just so to be clear, it up. even like some random like police like station in like the UK, there was a sign that had like the symbols from the card on it. Mm-hmm. And they had to come out and publicly say, this will not lead you to Squid Game. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's a, there's a Twitch streamer. Uh, she goes by the name of Squid Game. And she's had that username Pre- for like three or four years. Oh, oh dude, she's lucky. lucky. Well, no. She's not, not lucky. She's not, because diehard fans <gasps> are going after her and are pissed off saying that she stole this and whatnot. And like, you know how diehard fans get. Oh, Dude, yeah. like it's uh, yeah. We got we got so many. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, all you listeners out there, I see you. It's crazy. Uh, Squid Game will be like the number one costume this year for Halloween. Oh my gosh! Oh, for it sure, for sure. Will. It's so funny how there's a single thing that latches on as like the most worn costume for that year. Like it was Harley Quinn a few years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which was. <laughs> So fun. <laughs> so you're so crazy. <laughs> you're so, you're Melissa, so, you're such a crackhead. <laughs> What's that from? That, that type of energy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're, you're so crazy. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm so random. <laughs> you're so, so random. random. So quirky. <laughs> Guys, oh. I know this is crazy, but. <laughs> Begins to say the most mild thing yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah. But like water, but like, but like water? it's refreshing. Is it? <laughs> so wet, hydrating. <laughs> uh, I hate, there's parts of me that are just like I don't believe it. I don't believe Squid Game is the most streamed thing. Yeah, I, uh, I think they like put that out there to make it a self realizing prophecy because like I partly watched it because I was like, oh, this is the most streamed thing. I need to watch this. So what I think my theory is is that it was the most something. So it may have been like the most, the most like Korean, <laughs> most watched in like its first day versus any other thing. Yes, and so they come out and say this is our most banner title, and people start like latching onto it. Yeah, which it's is like, I can't miss out on this. I gotta watch it. But yeah. like if you take anything, you can go with something else, and people will fall for it. Mm. Dude, Korea Not that has it was bad, but just that Korea in general has quickly become like. The most popular Asian country. They've been doing some fire, it's, like entertainment. People are into it. It's like like China was really popular with business, um, and then Japan with tech, with other things, animation, <laughs> lots of different things. And Korea now is drive bys, like, yeah, uh, <laughs> like starting with maybe K-pop. I was gonna say Asians. I feel like did not move the needle of culture ten years ago, and now. They existed in their own pocket, but they didn't like... Not in the West. Yeah, not in the West. But they are quickly becoming at the center of like culture in a lot of aspects. And it started happening, I think, way more... Well, K-pop was like the first sign. Maybe like the catalyst, I would say. The first sign that we were falling, you know, to the East. (laughs) The dragon in the East. Uh, But what really started it and where I... This is... I had an epiphany or like a realization one day. TikTok just came out. And 
a white girl friend of ours was like, oh my gosh, this guy's so hot. And it was an Asian dude. And I was like, there's no way four years ago you would have said that. Like that is not. Statistically <laughs> forever, Asian men have been like the least desirable. The biggest soy boys of the planet, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah. So soy you. sauce boys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, me. Yeah, it's like, I know very well that you wouldn't have said that two years ago. But I was like, wow, culture shifting. Like, this is now desirable. This weird androgynous, hairless, perfect robot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I was just watching some K-pop TikToks while taking a dump, dude. It's, uh, That's lovely. I, you, you don't skip past it. You just, your, your you eyes watch. fixate. You yeah. watch. Yeah, You pay I'm, your respects. You squint almost. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, Asians all of a sudden are just like, accepted. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's fun. Like, even uh, if you look at film, like, Parasite. Squid Game is not the first. Parasite. Parasite. Won Train a ton to of awards. Train to Busan. Train to Busan. Minari. Minari was great. Um, won a ton of awards as well. Fresh but, Off the Boat was like the oh, first that was sitcom a really with an all-Asian cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like Kim's Convenience. Yeah. But interesting. No, but I've been into it since like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. So. yeah. Do you think it's like a case of yellow fever? Like it's a fad? Yeah. Like people fantasize. It, I I think so. I like mean, fetishize. there's probably an element of it. I uh, I really want to try stand up comedy. <laughs> and my opening line is like, yeah, like if you're confused on what my background is, I'm fifty percent um japanese and i'm 50 percent fetish because <laughs> oh, my dad's white and he married a, a japanese girl uh i'm working it out it's not all the way there but there's something to that but i have so many friends who have like like i've wanted to make a t-shirt uh white dad asian mom do you know what i mean yeah because there, there is something to that where it's like deep down you just want to conquer <laughs> conquer something <laughs> Conquer a little minority or something. I don't, oh I don't, know, what it, gosh, I don't know what it is. But yeah, a fetishization. Um, why Why is uh, not online dating, like mail order brides, why is that so prevalent in Asia? It's like Asia and, and Russia. What, Russia. Yeah. Because the allure, it's like cultural. It's like the allure of coming to the US, you'll be offered. Why no else? If you guys what experience exactly it, it's never like, like a hot Mexican singles in your area. <laughs> Hot Latinx singles in your area. It's always hot Russian or hot Asian or hot moms. And living in the Phil- <laughs> yeah, hot moms. Uh, I, I always get hot dudes in your yeah. area. I don't know what that is. You guys don't get you don't get that. Uh, I experienced it in Australia. Like Polynesians really wanting to like marry their daughter to a like an American. Hmm. Well, same goes for Philippines. I won't say it's as strong. Yeah, I was gonna say like Southeast Asia and Asia. No, straight up, like, one of the worst things that happened to me while I was there is somebody... You were pursued by a female? <laughs> somebody in a giant crowd of people, so we were, it was like a conference, tells me to stand up and was like, because they're, like, speaking to the conference, they tell me to stand up and they're like, Elder Gasway, which was what I was called, is going home next week. He served a great 18-month mission, and <laughs> a great two-year mission, and I'm like, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You screwed me. <laughs> you screwed me. I had no less than 15 people come up and be like, hey, do you want to marry my daughter? Or, hey, do you want to marry me? And I'm like, do you want to? Oh, so, I mean, sure. You're like, no, sir. Okay, I, thank you. 
but it's very prevalent in the Philippines. That's for sure. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a want. What's for the better opposite life. of frowned upon? Have, smiled upon. Smiled upon. <laughs> the sad thing is, haven't had that kind of interest since then. So. <laughs> Uh, my first week in the Philippines, I don't lie. I went with my companion. We were eating at Jollibee, Ooh. and there was the crustiest ex Navy. Uh, oh, we call them doms, that. bro. We yeah. call them doms, D O M, dirty old men. And it's a real thing in Southeast Asia. Yeah, and they're everywhere in the cities of of Southeast Asia. But he was sitting with two young Filipino girls, and they were wearing tons of makeup dressed real nice and they were all smiles and he had each of their hands in his hand uh and he's talking to them and he was not discreet about it i was sitting like two tables away and i could hear him loud and clear he said i can only take one of you home oh that was the conversation and uh that's the real squid game. No, no. <laughs> He's like, fight. <laughs> <laughs> Your prizes. <laughs> My crippled body. Um, that's wild. <laughs> it is wild. Like, if you saw that here, immediately, like, people would raise an eyebrow and try people to stop would be like, it. Blink twice if you're okay. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Is it truly just like they want opportunity or a better life in America? Or what is it? I'm not trying to be like insensitive or whatever. I'm well, that to, is part I of mean, it. I mean, I don't think there's one exact reason, but I think you can boil, that, boil it down to a few. Better opportunity. Um, like there's so many broken uh, families and home lives, but it's also families. Over there? In the Philippines. Oh, interesting. Um, when you marry a Filipino girl, more often than not, you almost support their whole family. So it's not only the daughter who gets to have a better life. But even if they live in the States, she's going to send money home, American money. But it's like we lived off of $120 a month while we were there. So even $120 a month, you were doing pretty well. Yeah. So if you come to the States, you can get a paycheck and still send 120 back. Yeah. 120 a month was like comfortable middle class there, yeah. lower yeah. middle class. Hmm. So, and that's what we were living there is like a whole culture and difference in culture around courtship and like marriage in Southeast Asia. Things like you were saying, it's way less of an individual pursuit and like a family thing. Like you see similarities in like uh, India, like matchmaking is huge. Arranged marriage is huge. And it's like, there's a dowry. You know what I mean? There's like an exchange of goods for yeah. like daughters like that. We've, we're not like that anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just think love is defined differently in other countries. Yeah. Different. It's almost like a business deal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're going to agree to work together. And well, even like people who were happily married for years and years and had families in the Philippines, uh, physical intimacy isn't a thing in the Philippines. Not once did I ever see someone hold hands, like a let alone. Yeah. Kiss even just a quick peck on the lips, like in public or even on the cheek. Like nobody was showing like affection. Huh. Is that like a cultural shame or prudeness or like- I do think that I saw that though, like among young couples. So something that was maybe more a occurring now. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, no, there's definitely something to that. Huh. Interesting, man. 
here, even even my little brother was talking about because he just started high school. Oh, dude, shout out, baby. Baby's in the studio tonight. Hello, <laughs> baby. What'd you say about uh, all the all the couples at school? Uh, so basically, in lunch, like every single boy always has like a a girl on them, and they're just going at it. Even oh, in the hallways, shoot. even during class, like eating their lunchables or that going at it. That's what like I heard. Each other's the tables. <laughs> they're going at it on the table it was like almost the end of lunch and then there's this one couple that was on the table just kissing oh okay damn just kissing don't worry that's wild bro we would have like, so in trouble for that at our school <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because Sean was homeschooled <laughs> context for you uh, that's wild how do you feel about that how does that make you feel would you see that? Would you have seen that in Hawaii? Nope. Why not? I don't think anyone is like at that point there in Hawaii. People aren't as sick fricks. So like PDA wasn't as prevalent in Hawaii? Yeah. Okay. Nice. This has been Sex Ed with 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I read a headline. Dude, that means it's all of the information that you need. And here's what the headline says. The transformation of common metals into gold. Which if you know anything about alchemy Dude, yeah. and the history of mankind is like the center of most magic and alchemy, right? Yeah, yeah. That lifelong pursuit of figuring out how to turn lead and things like that into gold. Transmutation. Yeah. Professor McGonagall. Uh, a seemingly impossible goal attempted by alchemists for centuries is now entirely possible using either a nuclear reactor or a particle accelerator. However, the process is so expensive (laughs) that it is functionally useless. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like the most infuriating thing to know. It's like, dude, unlimited gold, but it costs, (laughs) it will cost more than that gold. (laughs) It will cost unlimited gold to do. (laughs) I feel like, (laughs) This is going to sound like water is wet. I feel like the future is coming. <laughs> I feel like it's just like right around the corner. Dude. But we were we watched uh, James Bond and the new James Bond in theaters last night. <laughs> the future is it's coming, dude. And uh, uh, this isn't a spoiler, but they're like, oh, how did how did uh, how does the poison work? And uh, there's poison in a spy movie. The, <laughs> how dare you? It's very for like with the times right now. Q, the nerd in the movie, he goes. Uh, nanobot technology. <laughs> you know Bro. when movies make up stuff like unobtainium yeah. or vibranium? Like we have a hole in our plot. How do we fill it? Bro, <laughs> nanobots like- have been around since aging Cody Banks, though. <laughs> Let's be honest. Dude, that's a true story. <laughs> but here's the thing, like, we're approaching a future where like things like this are actually like a particle accelerator. No, dude, I've been seeing more, to go with your point, I've been seeing more and more headlines on uh, Reddit that are like, future stuff mm-hmm. like uh, this is now possible like this is now possible this is this is no longer theory the steps to making this a reality are like happening right now uh, so i feel like it is kind of ramping up yeah well call me when they give me the microwave from spy kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> the coveted dude yeah it's like i'm not impressed with all your fancy schmancy <laughs> until i can set up a tent in three seconds and throw <laughs> like, that little yeah, ball on the dude. ground oh my god that gosh. was clutch yeah. bro or figuring out and actually, I saw something like this, but they were like, theoretically, it's it's possible now to like 
uh, create rooms that are bigger inside than like the outside container. Hell. Dude, I don't know, dude. Scientists be wiling out. There was a, I just <laughs> saw a video of a, a ship that was practicing one of their emergency escape methods. And it's like these big barrels, almost like 50 gallon drums. And they drop it into the water and out comes like this inflatable raft with a roof and everything could fit Ooh. like 70 people yeah. in like a 50 gallon drum. That's crazy. So, bro, I used to have those. Anything's when I was possible. Little, you know, those little like pills you put in the water and they become a dinosaur. Bro, Ooh. those were dope, dude. Bro. <laughs> I felt like Albert Einstein right there. Dude, yeah. E equals MC squared, <laughs> yeah. bro. Bro, in Hawaii, we had a, I don't know about you guys, but we had magic snow, the oh. kind where it was like a, a cube. And you put it in the water and like the whole sink fills up with snow. And what? Like, oh, snow. <laughs> that sounds like real, real magic. Bro. I know. It, was, it is real magic. It's insane. How comparable is it to actual snow? Uh, like when you got to America and you were like, not, <laughs> when you got to not at all. It's like the, the insides of a, of a bean bag, a cheap bean bag. <laughs> <laughs> all those tiny little foam Packing beads. pellets. Yeah. Kinda. But <laughs> that's so funny. Dude, those growing dinosaurs were lit. Dude, yeah. That was the peak of like entertainment when we were kids. We are, it's not our fault how aged we are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. even though I have a really good grasp of like technology and current trends, I can feel it slipping. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I'm we're saying, way more hip to the vibe than other 20, yeah, not, dude, like 20s I know what, to early 30 year olds. I know what sheesh is. <laughs> hip to the vibe or just regressed, <laughs> yeah. some might say. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, but even then, I am noticing more and more like my desire to stay current is like waning. You know what my first desire to stay current that dropped was? What's that? Clothing. I was like, I just like what I wear and I don't give. A frick. Yeah. I feel you. There's a lot of things where I'm like, I'm not going to adopt this because trends end and it will come and go. That's just my attitude towards it, though. Plus, I didn't want to have to keep buying stuff when I was <laughs> yeah. already buying too much and giving it away. It's like, I thought skinny was cool. <laughs> now it's not. <laughs> Dad bods are in the new hot. Dude, thank the Lord above. <laughs> Side note, I have a friend who ended a prayer uh, with uh, the end. And I thought it was so <laughs> funny, dude. They like finished praying and they're like, uh, the end. <laughs> I was like, dude, revolutionary. <laughs> that is the future. It is yeah. now. I'm going to start being like, once upon a time. Uh, <laughs> thank you for this food. <laughs> that was a mad side note. <laughs> No, I'm just noticing like I'm seeing things and I'm saying things that I'm like a seven year old should be saying like, damn it, these kids like and their styles and fashions. I don't know. There's nothing that's worse than when like an older person is unauthentically trying to fit in. Oh, yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hey there, fellow kids. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Jif. Yeah. <laughs> I feel... I'm the opposite. <laughs> I feel like an incessant need to stay connected to the social circuit. Ooh, those are a lot of words, I bro. <laughs> I, 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 Tell I us about it. constantly try to ask myself why. Like I, it's always, that conversation is always happening in the back of my head. Like, why do I care so much? I think, uh, I think a lot of it is, uh, I do think a lot of it is, uh, if not most of it, just culture. Because I think, like, even when you talk about lingo, like Kevin hates, you know, new words that pop off. 
Kevin's our everyone's friend. Everyone's using on TikTok. But if you look at it, for example, like Hella, everyone uses Hella now. Lots of people are irritated. Some people don't understand it. Some people love it. But it comes from a specific people and a specific time, specific region, <laughs> and that's the Bay Area. Yeah, people just area. use that. That was a a regional uh, term part of their I, I, like term that was connected to their identity and. Other people thought that was cool, and they picked it up, and they influenced the world in that tiny way. So I like drawing the connections back and seeing how, like, the origin of things. That makes so sense. So you're a culture vulture. <laughs> I am a, I'm a huge culture vulture. Bro, let's talk about that. What were you going to say, Sean? Oh, shit. No, I was just going to say that makes sense, though. Like, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a very nuanced example, not like that applies to everything, you know, but... Well, yeah, I think it. there are different things that like wanting to stay current on matter. Like for me, clothing and actually kind of technology. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want the iPhones 13. Yeah. Partly because it costs an arm and a leg to get Yeah. <laughs> when my other one isn't broke yet. Bro, I'm an Apple slave. I'm a slave. Like I want the newest. I want the best. <laughs> I'm saving up for a PC and I've, own, I've used exclusively Apple products from phone to computer for 11 years and i'm scared to jump into pc it's rough dude being used to apple it's rough to go back and forth um are kids able to be kids nowadays able to be bored no we've talked about it have we and i almost think it's like a concerted effort or it, it at least is beneficial to very powerful forces in our life i.e. like consumerism, mm-hmm. uh, marketing and advertising, uh, info. Info is the newest. It's crude oil. Info is oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is the sole purpose of every app to get you to spend every second more they can on the app. So they they have they have like quantum computing computers figuring out how to keep you on apps longer. Yeah. Um, so, no, there's absolutely no chance to be bored and they don't want you to be bored they want you to be constantly engaged it's a real problem yeah and we've talked about it before but like being bored i believe is a super necessary mechanism for creativity yeah it's like dude half of the things i got up to or learned when i was young is because i was so damn bored it was like well it's myself or figure out how to draw a tiger <laughs> from this zoo pamphlet i have <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah zamboma food yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> some lemur ass my favorite example of being bored growing up that i've shared before is we had an ukulele go figure <laughs> <laughs> and uh my mom i remember she told me about how she used to play violin and she's like man i wish we had a i wish i had a violin i'd love to pick it back up and me as a four-year-old went outside to look for sticks to use as <laughs> is it a bow? Yeah. 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 For the for the ukulele. Because I thought that would be comparable oh. enough. Here we go. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. It's that's uh, your dad and soy sauce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's brown. Yeah. <laughs> it's a stick. Yeah. Uh yeah. Like uh my creativity was like forced. Even though that was the dumbest thing ever. Like how much of that goes on today? Dude, not uh, it's so funny because talking about this, like were immediately written off as like a boomer. Uh, yeah, but who cares? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Go after yourself. <laughs> no, I feel you a hundred percent. I think like it is way damaging for creativity, but in a way, it fosters a lot of creativity because like 
information's now so accessible. So it's like information and also just like connection uh-huh. with other people and ideas. So like that breeds creativity as well, I think. Yeah. But maybe not necessarily like the most uh original. That's what I was well, gonna say. There's a lot of bandwagoning. And it's all like a a type or a simile of like things you've seen before. I mean, t- yeah, TikTok is built where you hear the song, you like it, you press the song on the video, and there are a million other videos of people doing the exact same dance to that same it. song. And it's like, I'm not really about that. So, what? or that Some doesn't of these dances, me. though, I'm okay with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask earlier, what is a trend that came and went that is like the most cringy for you? Leather leather joggers. Ugh, shirt, leather shirts jogging with, pants. Yeah, the leather jogging pants. Uh <laughs> shirts with zippers. <laughs> like you regular shirts with zippers. Yeah. Dude, oh yeah. A zipper dude. manufacturer like in 2014 <laughs> was just like, dude, what's happening? <laughs> I don't know, but we were making millions of dollars. Because yeah. everyone's pants have 14 zippers. Yeah. Uh dude, the dab. I uh, feel like the dab was the first of like the singular dances because like growing up we had like our generation was like the soldier boy dance yeah and now there's like tiktok dances but like now it's like specific moves like a single move and it started with a dab then it went with like hit the whoa and then it's like whip and nay nay and yeah like singular moves that i don't people... know there was like cabbage patch and running man back in the day okay but there's the like singularity though where it was like there was still a degree of separation where i bet you could find suburban moms who had no idea what jerk was or what uh everybody knows what the dab is but there was a point where like every single person knew what the dab was and every like suburban mom was like haha dab you know what (laughs) i'm saying and it was the most cringy thing yeah well i remember when (laughs) we went we went to that concert at red rocks in colorado oh and one of the openers is too fresh it's a producer dj duo i actually have a really embarrassing conversation i had with you guys yeah i was like guys I'm pretty sure they're like this new dance move. Yes. Do you remember this? This is what I'm getting to. Okay. Charles was like, there's a new dance move. It's called the dab. This is why Charles thinks this is so cringy. Because <laughs> I because you were part cause. of the problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's before like the Migos came out with it. Yeah. It's way before the Migos came out with the dab. But I was like, I've been seeing this because I have a, I was a connoisseur of uh, world star hip hop at the time. And I was like, this is a thing that our brothers and sisters are doing. And I was like, they're doing it. Look. Yeah. Well, we we hit the dev and we were front row at that concert. Yeah. And it's Colorado, and one, like the whitest place yeah. in the world. And one of the DJs saw us do it and he like like pointed at He's us. Like, oh, he was stuck. He's yeah. like, oh, dude, it's shit. a stadium of like 30,000 people or something. Yeah. I don't know how many are at the road row. It was at least 30,000. But like he saw us do it and like, st- like stopped the show in a way to be like, yo, like yeah. point at us. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I super, think we're on here, boys. <laughs> And then it was like a year later, two years later, where like Fortnite put it in their video game, oh. you know. And in between that time, you know, everything else. But like that's how the beast returned. The that's mark how of the it beast. always goes. It's always culture and then gentrification and exploitation. So it's like things are like things. Believe are it cultural. or not, things are cool at some point, and it's very possible to twist that and overmarket that and oversaturate it. I don't know the about the shirts with zippers. Everyone though. hates it. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Know. What was never cool? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that well, kind of goes into my next question I wanted to ask is like cultural appropriation and like gatekeeping. Are you doing know what I mean? It's like, yeah. 
people want you to partake of their culture, but at the same time, there's this narrative that you're not allowed to partake of other people's culture. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like the girl who wore a kimono to like prom and they were like, you're a racist piece of shit and you need to die. (laughs) Like that's what a lot of people on the internet, how they treated it. I think a lot of it goes down to intent and not that I say this is the hard and fast rule, but like for me and my understanding of it, because it's someone's like taking it and just like willfully ignorant then that's different from someone who's taking it and like actually uh, it's when you're the butt of the joke right that's when it's not okay uh, yeah like when someone is using that to make make fun yeah Yeah. like i introduced myself as japanese once and the kid went oh i'm japanese oh and i was like oh we have a problem (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna fight your ass dude (laughs) Or if it's just like, yo, I love sushi. I'm going to use chopsticks. I wouldn't be like, oh. You (laughs) can't use chopsticks. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's not a good comparison. You physically can't use them. And as our residential brown, thank you for chiming in on this and teaching us. But that's entirely different, I think, than me having spam right now (laughs) in my my, uh, cupboard. Because that's just, it's good. Yeah. And there's no jokes. I think there's like a part of it where, because I know like a white couple tried to open up a burrito thing in Portland and everyone's like, no, that's cultural appropriation. Do you know what I mean? It's so weird. It's like, dude, what? What's going on? But let's, I guess, uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. I think I'm with you. But if we bind to their narrative, why? Argue for it. Argue against it. Argue for it. Argue for it. Uh, you're You're profiting off of something. You're diluting my culture, my life, my life experience, my ancestors down to a singular thing and then profiting off of it. When you don't actually understand the culture, you've never partaken in it, and it's like you're using it, right? So that's arguing against it. That's Yeah, being like, it is a cultural appropriation. Yeah. Uh, it could also be like, or arguing for the argument that you're against it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, uh, yeah. It could also be like, you know, across the street, they had a competitor who were, they were actually, you know, from Mexico. They had this restaurant for like 30 years. And now your new hot gentrified restaurant is pulling business away from, you know, somebody who actually knows what they're doing. So at that point, it's business. And that's fine. Like, well, like also Walmart exists, which like does that to everyone in the world. So yeah. it's like, Amazon exists. I don't know. We, to everybody. We believe in, in a free market. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, the culture of like picking and choosing your battles well, is also, very prevalent. Like, some like people, everyone does it. I do it. And like we don't believe in child slavery. No one's like outwardly, I love child slavery, <laughs> but they be wearing Nikes. Yeah. You know, you have an you're eating Hershey's chocolate. Yeah. Well, that's Pennsylvania, but. Well, they where do I'm they source it from? Here, I, um, I was about to get so mad at you. <laughs> about to gentrify my ass. Yeah. Uh, I think that the other error is when someone represents a culture. Maybe when they are appropriating, but it's not like intentionally trying to like appropriate from that culture. But then other people look at this and they're like, "This is what that culture is." Like for example, I hear people that say Cafe Rio is Mexican food. <gasps> oh. Yo, those people need to get shot. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I like a good Cafe Rio quesadilla. Yeah. But it's not Mexican food. It's like calling Kraft mac and cheese Italian. (laughs) Like, that is such good Italian food. Bro, you get the canned Kraft mac and cheese, bro? My birthday a couple years ago, we got ramen. And my roommate at the time, who is one of the pickiest people on 
earth. Is it Sean? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, he is the pickiest person I've ever come across. He's like, oh, what are you doing for your birthday? They're going out for dinner. He's like, oh, where? So we're getting ramen. He's like, ramen? He had never heard of a ramen restaurant. Well, yeah, because it's only top ramen for a cup of noodles. Oh, well, yeah. He's <laughs> like, why would you ever pay for ramen? I was like, well, why would you ever pay for Italian food when you can just make mac and cheese at home, you know? I don't know. It's uh, why, do, why are we talking about this? <laughs> Dude, for my birthday, like, I'm not a good one to ask about these things because for my birthday, I'm trying to, like, throw the jankiest luau, dude, from, like, Party City, Zercher's type decorations. Uh, just crappy lays and grass skirts. Yeah. So <laughs> when you're trying to cultural appropriate your culture, yeah. that's kind of funny. <laughs> Self-sabotage. That's yeah. So cultural appropriation. I think it honestly is when like a culture is a costume to you. Do you know what I'm saying? It's all fun and games, but like you want to be interested, but not like only in the the successes and in the fun, but not in like the problems. Like you don't, yeah. You, if it's uncomfortable or weird, it's like, no, I don't want to take that. I just want, you know, yeah. you're not willing to like, for me, I love like, that's like my biggest thing with this podcast is like, I love truly learning about other cultures and yeah. like hearing it from people of that culture who are like intimate with that culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. In a way people could argue we are cultural appropriators. Huh. Good. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come at us. I'm perfectly fine. I'm just no. kidding. I don't know. Fun times. Should we a cultural appropriate our way into some stories? Or we want to talk it's about culturally appropriate D and D right now. <laughs> yeah. We owe the elf and the dwarf community an apology. We roll our twenty sided D and D die to determine who goes first. The highest number goes first. And the roll. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. 
After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The numbers? DJ with a seven, Charlie with a crit one. (laughs) Crit fail. And me with 18. (laughs) So it's Sean, me, Charles. Dope. Let's do this. Sean, it's you. All right, guys. I'm starting us off tonight. Okay. So my story comes from one of our listeners. His name is Sam. Yo. And they submitted this when they were younger. Um, It says that. Wait, what? They submitted it when they submitted it from when they were younger. Oh, okay, no, no, the they story is from. When I mean, they were technically, younger. they did submit it when they were younger <laughs> yeah. than right now. I feel like the future is coming. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the past is behind us, <laughs> and we're in the present. That's why they call it a gift. Wow. <laughs> okay, so they submitted this story from when they were twelve years old. They said their sister was fourteen. One brother was 16, and the oldest of their brothers was 20. So they're a couple years apart, each of them, and they share their room with their 14-year-old sister. And they had kind of like a bunk bed type situation, but it was in kind of an L shape. So like the bottom bunk is right here and then up along the other side of the wall. Did either of you have bunk beds? Dude, I had a triple bunk bed at one point. Triple bunk bed? It was three stories? Three stories. It was just the floor? (laughs) It straight up was on the floor. (laughs) That's the first floor. (laughs) It was was boxed in with two before's. And then there was like this much room between each one. So, so many times I hit my head, like waking up. Bunk beds are lit, dude. They're like a sleeping place and a playground. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's what that's what they say here, that it was kind of like three feet away from the upper bunk. So it goes up, and it's about a three-foot jump, she said, from the top bunk to the lower one. So sometimes they would play and just like, as they're growing up, jump from the top one to the bottom bunk, just skydiving. Wow. I would, I would uh, hide underneath the top, in between, like the framing and the bed of the top bunk oh. on my stomach in the middle of the night. <laughs> And wait till my little brother gets into the bottom bunk and he's laying in bed. He puts his covers up and he opens his eyes and I'm right above. (laughs) Oh my gosh, dude. (laughs) Well, anyways, one time they come home and I guess the parents aren't at home at the time, off at work or something. And uh, brothers are over in their own rooms up in the attic, I think is where they had their room. (laughs) Dude, I had an attic bedroom at once, too. Oh, my God. That's like, tight. it went up this spiral staircase, and then it was an A-frame house, and the attic went the whole length of the A-frame. And it was kind of legit. There was no windows, but it was kind of legit. <laughs> Anyways, they come home. Parents aren't home. Brothers are off in their own room somewhere. So they go to their own bedroom, and as she, like, comes in the bedroom, she, like, looks up onto the top bunk, which is where the sister slept. And she sees just kind of like a a lump under the covers. 
assuming, yeah, that's just her sister, like taking a nap or something like that. So she heads over and gets down on her own bunk, flips on the TV that's across a room for some background noise and starts reading a book. And as she's like reading her book, she starts to like say something to her sister from the top bunk about something dumb that the character in the book had done or something like this. And there's no response. She's like, oh, maybe she is really just asleep. Then she starts hearing creaking from the upper bunk. And so she looks up. And when she looked up, she said she'd never forget the thing that greeted her as she saw what was on top of the bunk. She said there crouched like a tiger was a demon-like version of my sister. Almost a perfect image of her sister, except the body, the body was contorted in all of these different ways and in a horrific way, too wide of a smile on her face, just grinning from ear to ear, looking down at her. And they, Sam said there was something in her eyes as well. And this part kind of creeped me out based on what we heard in Alex's story about something in the eyes. But in between this contorted body just up on the top bunk, this grin from ear to ear and something just horrific in the eyes just staring down at her, she had this reaction like she should scream or run or do something, but she couldn't. She was frozen in fear. She's this 12-year-old. So at that very instant, as she stayed frozen in fear, this demon-like deformed mockery of her sister jumps down from the second bunk to land on top of her. And all she could do was close her eyes. She just closed her eyes as whatever it was was jumping down. And she felt this thing land on top of her. And she was expecting like scratches or burns or some sort of excruciating pain to happen. But nothing did. Just this pressure on top of her as she's closing her eyes for, for dear life. And as nothing continued to happen, just this, this pressure weighing down on her, after a few minutes, the thing was gone. She finally opened her eyes, looking around the room, and there was nothing there. So she heads over, like, when the parents do get home, she heads to the parents telling them what happened, like, traumatized. And in quotes, she was told, you, you just had a bad dream. Your sister hasn't been home all day. She's sleeping over at a friend's house. Obviously, that doesn't make this better because we know the sister's not there now. Now, she said, though, she thought it was crazy or that she was crazy until she saw it again and again over the years. She said sometimes it would be watching from the background or sometimes speaking to her in a voice that sounded kind of like her sister's but just broken and each time looking and sounding less and less like Sam's sister and more like a like a monster that she said describe you could be described in like a Stephen King novel hmm. just large ugly and filled to the brim with evil and hate now she said the last time she saw it was about 2 years ago when she was 16 and at this time was when the oldest brother moves out and the younger brother switches room with him so that 
they can live in the the now attic room and the younger brother or the younger of the two older brothers is now in that room. She never saw anything else, but she didn't want to ask him if he ever saw anything because maybe he did. Hmm. And to this day, they haven't asked. Now, in addition to that, they submitted another story. Now, this one's a little short, but I wanted to share it because it's equally terrifying. Wait, so nothing nothing ever came of it? Nothing ever came of it. That's always, uh, every time you watch like a coming-of-age movie, it's like the most effective way to get your emotions involved when the adults like write off the children. It's like, oh, no, it was nothing. Go yeah. back to sleep. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. It used to infuriate me. It's almost cheap. Yeah. (laughs) But it's relatable because, like, as kids, like, we've all been written off by parents, like, in one way or another. Oh, it's just a bad dream. I mean, there's literally. parents got divorced. Yeah. Like, (laughs) this is your fault. (laughs) It's because you didn't get A's. (laughs) What? (laughs) Because I saw a shadow in my room? (laughs) Uh, I mean, there's literally, like, a child story, Boy Who Cried Wolf. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like. Just teaching Adults parents suck, not to you know? believe their kids. <laughs> uh, immediately, though, I was like, oh, she probably fell asleep. It's possible. Yeah. It, it is. Is It is entirely possible. You at least possible. have to acknowledge it's possible. It is possible. The fact that she saw it multiple times, maybe there's something to it. If she cooperated with a sibling, that would be like, ooh. Yeah. yeah. If she did ask her brother, I'd be interested to know like, yeah. if he had ever seen anything. I uh, was getting real, like, Us vibes. Oh. The movie Us. Yeah. Because it is, like, a, another version of... Sister. Sister. Yeah. Strange, strange, strange. You said there's another one. There is one more. So, this other story, though, will be shared for our patrons. <laughs> <laughs> so... If you're not a patron, go to patreon.com slash the 3 a.m. podcast. Just pod. Just pod. Um, <laughs> and for just $2, you'll be able to hear the rest of the story along with our entire back catalog of bonus stories. So we got a lot out there that you can definitely listen to if you don't want to listen to this one. Dude, what's wild is there are listeners who've listened to our entire catalog and the entire bonus. Oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like some people frantically hit us up and they're like, I'm almost done with all the bonuses. Like I'm almost (laughs) caught up. No, even crazier is there are people who who have listened to our entire catalog and bonuses multiple times. Yes. (laughs) On repeat. (laughs) Dude, bless you. Get those numbers. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. No, we love you. Yeah. And uh, if you're not a patron, go to patreon.com and become one right now. (laughs) Anyways, we're going back to uh, Sam's childhood. And I wonder, too, if there was. No, I'm just going to get into it. I'm just going to get into it. So um, this one happened at a friend's house, not at her own house. But this friend has been one of their best friends since they were in fifth grade. And we're back. Dude, hats off to you in that story. Hats off, dude. Okay. (laughs) Hats off hat man, bro. No, sh- <laughs> uh, I wanted to make a joke about like him having the high ground. Oh, like, you know, they were in trouble because 
he had the high ground. Yeah. <laughs> Kick him in the dick. <laughs> Y'all dick twist. <laughs> oh, gosh. That was a fun story, though. Yeah. No, thank you, Sam. Um, that's it for me tonight, though. Dope. Thanks, G. Who's next? You. Aye, aye, Captain. All right, this story comes from... Was found by homie Isaac, who we've shouted out before, longtime homie. And uh, I don't know his relation, but uh, it's from Michelle and McKenna. Gifter of lights? Yeah. Dope. Shout oh, out. sick. Shout out, Isaac. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> uh, Michelle and McKenna, it sounds like they were roommates. And uh, in this apartment that they were uh, living in, they had a myriad of experiences that left them very, very, very unsettled. One of the first uh, creepy things that happened was McKenna being at home and Michelle being in her room called out to McKenna. But McKenna realizes that Michelle's not home. She's out on vacation. Nobody has a key to their house besides each of them. She searches the house. Nobody. But she she knows for a fact that she heard her name called by her friend and roommate, Michelle. So that's where it starts. Things start to ramp up. Michelle comes home from Thanksgiving. She walks into her bedroom and she has pictures of Jesus. And her pictures of Jesus are either knocked down or flipped upside down. Hell no. <laughs> no, bueno. Big, big no. Do we know where this is? Arizona. Arizona. So as they experience more and more weird things, they start to unintentionally, like it happens so frequently that they're, they actually capture evidence of some of these happening. Some of these events happening. The next one has uh, occurs when they're singing. They love singing together and they record themselves singing. And this particular instance, they're just using their phone and using like the voice recording app. And they start it. And right before they start singing, there's a voice in the back. A disembodied voice. There's a voice in the back. Dude, that's terrifying. And it says, play it. Shh. I don't like that. They didn't realize until... They played it back? They played it back. They tried to recreate it. They tried recording the song over again, doing the exact same thing. Uh, and they could not recreate. It said, play it? Play it. And then they start singing. So that recording... Michelle actually sent to me uh, in the DMs. Can you bring that up? Can you play it? Dude, that's not them. Say it again. Do it again. First of all, beautiful voices. Continue. Do it again. But almost like maybe it could have been like a weird way you pluck the guitar 
Mm. Can we That's slow that audio down? I, I, we can't do it live here, but I could, I could like dissect it and, mm-hmm. and slow it down. Maybe play it backwards. <laughs> play it backwards. Yeah. It plays death. <laughs> <laughs> it's like play Wonderwall. <laughs> and now, um, play it one more time. It definitely sounds like a vocal voice. It does. I, not like a pluck or anything. No, not it's like really. Play it. It's strange. Very strange. Very strange. I don't know how they would recreate that either. So that's definitely a gem. Like something I'd save on my phone and like back it up on my my cloud and uh, just to have the evidence for later. Like, see, I promise you, I'm not crazy. Yeah. Like, also, it doesn't sound particularly malevolent. It no. was just kind of yeah. like chill. Like play it. Yeah. <laughs> If it was like, play, you'd be like, ah, I'm moving today. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I hear that on a recording, dude. Nah, but bro. that was chill. It was just like, hey, yo, yeah. um, play. It's like a friendly play. go. Yeah. yeah, it was encouraging them. Yeah. Hey, play it. Unless you're like a Norwegian black metal band, then that's what you want. Yeah. It's like, damn, dude, join our band. Yeah. <laughs> um, third member of our band. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was their experience with, with the voice. But that's not the kicker. And that's not the most uh, compelling piece of evidence that they have. That's compelling. It is, it, it is but it's not the most from, from what they have. I feel like Zach Baggins right now, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like We're doing some real investigatory stuff. <laughs> this is wild. So this happened outside of their apartment, but they were together celebrating their friend Chloe's birthday. Chloe sits at the table. She has her beautiful cake with her candles in, and they're all lit. And they're singing happy birthday. And before she blows the candles out, one of them takes a picture of her in front of her cake. Preserve the memories. She goes ahead, blows the candles out. And And that's that. Later in the day, She's looking through the pictures, and there is clearly something in the background behind Chloe that was not there previous. I I don't I I feel like it was, it was either just them three, or not a lot of people there, or there's a person in the picture, and I have like chills thinking of it, and. No one at the party looked anything like the person in the picture. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's actually, pre- like, when I think of it, it's, it's pretty terrifying. And the last time I saw a picture that really scared me like this was the Vivint security system picture. Oh, yeah. I'm getting chills now, It's dude. insane. So go ahead and bring it up. Hit it, baby. Oh, oh frick, dude. I got to get a closer look at this. You can zoom in. If you, like, pinch. Ew, dude. I have a le- Ooh, I legitimately had chills just now. Ew. Oh. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> holy, holy Hannah, dude. That is not a happy birthday. So you, um, you can see Chloe's in front of her cake. The, the background is a dimly lit living room area, I'd assume. The window's open. It's daytime, and that's what's kind of a like the ambient light. Oh, I is. thought that was like a TV. 
Oh, maybe it oh, is I a TV. I thought it was a TV too. Yeah, like well, the glow of a TV. I just assumed it was a window. It's either a TV or window, but there's ambient light filling the the living room. It looks like it's smiling, dude. It, it looks, looks it's grimacing, dude. To me, the first thing I think of, and you can bring it back, baby, dude. Somebody's hand is in the picture too. Where? Oh, right. you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, it makes me think of the scene in in Hereditary. Cool. And Which one? With the grandma in the room for the split second. Oh, frick, dude. That's what it kind of looks like. Because she's it like does. smiling and she's and in it's the like, dark. It's, you can see through it. Like so it looks it's like, almost translucent. It or looks translucent. Really? I think it looks pretty solid, but I know what you're saying. There's like a mistiness to it. A or mistiness something. to it. Yeah. I think it's just because the ambient lighting, but it's not oh, a shadowy. Dude. It's not a shadowy figure. It's not. It is truly it's, terrifying. It's way more pronounced. It's an actual person. It, uh, it feels like, you know, the meme of the witch from uh, Snow White when she goes down into the cellar and she's smiling. Oh, do you know I'm, what I'm talking about? I've never seen Snow White. Oh, dude. Let me pull it up because that's what the feel is. Or um, Evil Dead. When Evil she's like, Dead. when she's in the cellar and she's like, she's like looking up. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I like sorry, where I have to look right up, before sorry. they close the cellar door on her. Yeah. Oh, Frank. Because it has a terrifying smile on its face. Yeah, it does look like it's smiling to me. It looks like it's got like like a like a sinister smile. Yeah, it's not. It's crazy because it's not like this. Like it has this vibes. Oh, Ew. dude, that's the thing. Is that the thing that comes on screen when you play that maze game when you're yeah, here? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Where you touch the wall. Yeah, or um, this. Hold on, Snow White Cellar. That is a deep cut, bro. Well, it was like a pretty big <laughs> meme where she like goes down into the cellar. Oh, oh okay. dude! For some reason, whenever I saw that meme, I thought she was coming out of the cellar. I think they played it in both ways. <laughs> but it's been at least twenty five years since I've seen that movie too. So, continue with your story. So, what uh, happens? They look through that and they see that, and they try to like. Real quick, for sure, nobody in their their party like remotely looks like they didn't have a witch at their party or like a eighty year old <laughs> hag. <laughs> what if well, the crazy thing is? Real quick, if you're listening, you have to go to our Instagram at the three AM Pod to see this picture. Yeah, yeah, you definitely need to like this follow makes while you're there. This story so much more surreal. <laughs> I honestly was like, dude, you're hyping it up. He wasn't hyping it. And then you showed it? He didn't hype it enough. Yeah. So what was strange, uh, I was talking to her in the DMs, and she said that the picture looks like Chloe's daughter. What? Which I don't personally think so, but she sent me a picture. That's the daughter on the right. Dude, it looked like an 80-year-old woman. I think it looks like an old lady. It does look like an old lady, but I see what they could... like. But the thing is, with with Chloe's daughter, Chloe's daughter is two, and this picture is six years old. Oh yeah, whoa. it's definitely whoa, dude, <laughs> dude. It doesn't have like a light feeling though. It has a very menacing, dark feeling. Yeah, more like way more than the voice recording. So not like an angelic visitation from like your future child. It looks like something terrifying, like watching you from the shadows. Yeah, yeah, maybe imitating. A future child. Yeah. Oh. 
that's uh, that's the the end of of their experiences as far as uh, I know, as far as they sent in to me. But short, sweet, um, creepy as f- great, great uh, assets to go along with uh, the 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 story. So it is always nice when we get like some audio or visual. Like mm-hmm. we got both. Bofa, shout out. That's terrifying. Play it. Yeah, so shout out to Chloe, Michelle, and McKenna. And Isaac. And Isaac. Dude, crazy. Is that you? Yep. All right, guys. My story tonight. 1990. Dude, that's when I was born. Me too. In a small New England village in Connecticut. A man is driving pretty fast home on a country road. No streetlights. Think super skinny two lanes, trees on both sides. It's rural, right? It's about 12.45 a.m. Rod is driving back from Home Depot on Route 59. As he's going down the road, probably listening to the radio or something, he feels a presence on his right side looks over in the car and he sees a man sitting staring straight forward through the window windshield scruffy clothes beard and a crumpled hat on top of his head looks over and as he looks over at the man the man points forward and rod swerves when he recreate re when he corrects Gets back on the road. He looks over. Man's gone. Looks back at the road. 30 feet in front of him is a woman in white standing in the middle of the road. He's probably going around 35 miles an hour at this point. Slams on the brakes. As he does that, the woman puts her hand, one hand up. Just as the vehicle is about to connect with her, she lunges forward. What? He feels a Go past his right ear as a presence moves through the car and himself. Car screeches to a halt. He's breathing heavy. No idea what just happened. And he slowly looks up into his rearview mirror. His red brake lights are just casting red over everything. He sees nobody. But he does see a huge red stain. In the middle of the road. Oh, what? A famous demonologist once said, when you invite something, it doesn't always come then, but it does come. When a place starts to attract activity, it grows and it creates an area of misery. Same spot, the exact same spot, but we're traveling back several hundred years to the year 1663. A young woman by the name of Hannah lived in this very same spot near Route 59 several hundred years ago. 1663 is 30 years before the Salem witch trials. And it was this year that nine people were hanged 
for familiarity with the devil. So Hannah, young woman, she grew up. Not much is known about her early life. Eventually, she found a man and married him. His name was Captain Joseph Hovey. So Hannah becomes Hannah Hovey. They have a private life in a small little village, 1663. They lived in Craggy Hill. Um, Near their home was a large rock that was like cleaving in two. And many, many people would often remark that it looks like the hoof of a goat. At some point, Hannah's husband dies. And he dies in kind of a mysterious way. The narrative that goes out is he went for a walk. And on this walk, he felt drowsy and toppled off a cliff to his death. A ton of rumors start here. And the rumors are, it was Hannah who put a spell or a curse on her husband. And that's why he fell. Bro, rumors back then be wild. Women had it rough back then. It's like the guy dies and like, it was her. (laughs) Twas a woman. A girl dies. It was her. (laughs) Yeah. This story is the story of one of the most famous witches in all of American history. And as I tell you the story, you tell me what your verdict or thought of her is. All right. Because I kind of have an idea. Okay. Husband dies. Hannah changes a couple things. One, she starts wearing only black to mourn her dead husband. Right. She also sheds her name, Hannah Hovey, and picks up a new title, Hannah Crana. Crana is a Scottish word meaning rocky or lofty place. Many people were like, rock? Kind of like the hoof rock near your house? People be connecting too many dots. Hannah's often seen walking around in black in the forest. I guess back then being unladylike, you know, just like being independent and stuff. (laughs) Um, So that's where she's at. After his death, She never remarried. She never had kids. She resided alone and she didn't, she had very few neighbors. Like where she lived was a really like in the woods spot in a little cottage. She had a reputation of intimidating others and being pretty like harsh with people. Um, That's what we know about her. What was whispered is she was said to have control over animals. Many people claimed that her house was guarded by an army of snakes. And if they would try to get near her house, they would be greeted by like hundreds of snakes. There were many who said she had a familiar. Do you know what a familiar is? Yeah. So, which is, it's kind of like a pirate's parrot, except with witches, it's like an animal that they commune with or like they could Hmm. talk with and it will do their bidding. Yeah. A crow. Or a newt. She had a familiar. It was a rooster. Oh. An old rooster called Old Boris. Boris? B-O-R-E-A-S. Boris. Old Boris. Boris. I don't know. Also, all the birds on her property, every hunter said, 
were invulnerable to like bullets. So hunters would try and they they like see crows and stuff in the trees and they'd shoot at it and the crows would just sit there, even though like the bullet should have passed through. They're like a terrible shot. They're like, yeah, <laughs> dude, that thing it's invincible. <laughs> Witchcraft. <laughs> okay, right. Like a lot of these things was like, dude. Um old Maurice would crow every midnight. People in the village would hear old Maurice crowing. Crazy old Maurice. (laughs) Okay. This is uh, the legend of her. So I don't know. Like, she's a real figure. Mm -hmm. She's a real person. Accounts existed of her. These are some of those accounts. Mm -hmm. She would often ask favors of the people in town. And if they did not respect or do the favor for her, they would meet some ill fate. One day... Someone in the town, famous, like in all the land, for how dank and delicious her pies were. Like she, she was a baker. She was known for it. And one day she makes several pies and she sets them out on the ledge to cool. And as she's sitting there in her kitchen doing other things, a gust of wind comes in and she turns to see Hannah Crana. Hannah Crana standing at her window says, I would like one of these pies. Give one to me. And the baker walks up and picks up the smallest one and says, here, you can have this one. And Hannah Crana says, no, I want that one. The largest one in the, in the batch. And the baker says, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I can't. You can take this one. The baker stands her ground and denies Hannah, gives her the smallest. And as Hannah walks away, she whispers under her breath, After this day, your pies will never be the same. And from that day on, this lady could not make a good pie. Her pies were trash. This is the scariest story I've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah, it was known. This is like a super known legend of Hannah Crana. People from all around would bring her gifts, offerings of food, set it on her table or set it on her doorstep and run. One unlucky fisherman didn't realize he had come onto Hannah Crana's land and she caught him fishing. And she said, how dare you like get off my land? He took the fish home or something, ignored her. And from that day on, he never caught another fish. (laughs) Everyone in the town grew afraid of her. Because she, they were, they fully believed she could curse people. So this guy, he's like, dude, I can never catch a fish again. This baker was like, I can't make pies. This sucks ass. So everyone starts bringing her more gifts. Other people, if they tried to fish her land, she would all of a sudden appear out of nowhere. And she would say, quote, curses upon you and your fishing. There's stories or legends of two men traveling a pretty long distance by cart. Um, I think it's driven by like ox or horse. And they're traveling through day, night, and they get weary. So they stop and they slow down in front of an old rickety gate. And unlucky for them, it's the gate of Hannah Crana's property. So they're resting there. Out of nowhere, Hannah appears. And these men recognize her. They know they've heard legends of Hannah Crana. 
and they laugh. They mock her. And they say, show us magic, you hag. (laughs) (laughs) No chill, dude. And Hannah Crana looks at him super intensely and says, before you pass yonder tree, your wish shall be granted. Both the men look at each other and probably nervously laugh like, (laughs) (laughs) okay, ho. (laughs) And as they look at their ox and they encourage their ox to go, all four wheels of their wagon fall clean off. And they both run away. Damn, bro. Those are the most like compelling stories of her life and her her curses. So for you, what do you think? Because for me, I was reading, I was like, dude, it just sounds like like an independent woman who like, I don't know. You know what this maybe was a little bit crabby. Was did you ever see that movie Monty Python the Holy Grail? To be honest, no. So there's a part where they're like at like a witch trial <laughs> and they're like trying to figure out how to test if she's a witch. And they're like, what else burns? Sticks burn. Well, what else do sticks do? They float. So if she floats, then she's a witch. Just this ridiculous like line Their of train like, of logic, yeah. But then somebody in the crowd was like, she turned me into a newt. And everyone looks at him like, what the hell? And he's like, well, I got better. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. Dude, people were just like throwing fingers around. Just like, where are you coming at with, dude, he probably like fished one more time after that and didn't catch anything. He was like, I can't She's catch a witch. fish anymore. She's a witch. And then never even tried again because he believed he couldn't catch fish. Yeah. No, I feel you. It was like you could do, you could like look at someone wrong. You could like whistle too loud or too well. And they're just like, dude, witchcraft. <laughs> Dude, the pie one's sad, though. Like, I shed a single tear over here for them pies. Yeah. It was so funny because, like, to me, these curses are, like, so fairy tale or, like, yeah. it's like, oh, They're she pretty never bake again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, I, I was like, dude, this just sounds like she got a bad rep and then was, like, annoyed at a rep and then it just kind of fueled itself. Yeah. That's a like classic Halloween stories. I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why. That's why I'm covering it. Hannah Crana, Hannah Crana, her demise. <gasps> Hannah lived until 1859. 1859. Earlier, I said 16. Yeah, bro. I don't know. One of those years. <laughs> She's hella old, then, yeah. bro. She was 400 so years old. She is a witch. <laughs> yeah, that's the that Hannah's the one to this day. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is there's a winter comes. Okay. Super hard winter. Ton of snowfall. And everyone in the town hears old Boris is dead. So they go to Hannah Crana's house and someone comes upon her and sees she is in a bad way. She looks frail and thin. And Hannah Crana looks at that person and says, they have come. They have come to collect their debt, and I am going with them. You must bury me in the cemetery. She said, the spirits have called, and it won't be but a short time before I will go into the great beyond. I have a wish to make that must be carried out. I am not to be buried until after sundown, and there must be ample barriers to carry my coffin from the house to the grave. Obey my wishes if you wish to avoid a trouble and vexation. 
Not a vexation. <laughs> Shortly after this statement, she dies. I mean, if anything, it sounds like this Hannah Krana is just smarter than everybody else in the town. Like, she knows she's going to die. She's like, you guys got to do all this stuff for me after I die or you're going to be hella vexed, bro. <laughs> Vexations. And she just been done doing this the whole time. Give me free pie. Like, that's what she's just she's smarter. Than Don't take else. my fish. <laughs> so Hannah dies. Everyone's like, uh, like, are we doing this thing? And they all look around. They look at the crows in the trees and they go, yeah, we're doing this thing. <laughs> Snow <laughs> is super deep. They're like, dude, it's a trek to get from here to where the gravesite is. So they come in, they put her in a grave or a coffin and they have a wagon pulled by ox. They, many of the men, the townsmen lift the coffin and put it on the back of the wagon and they start to slowly make their way down the road. At some point, the whole wagon is vibrating and shaking until a huge bump, boom, and it knocks the coffin clean off the wagon. Terrified, the villagers rush forward, grab the coffin and throw it back on the wagon and they look around. The wind is starting to pick up and the sun's going down. They say, you, 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 jump on the coffin. Get on, weigh it down. We have to get this there before sundown. So all the villagers jump on the coffin and they keep going. They whoopsh, whoopsh on the oxen, start making their way back down the road. Again, the coffin shakes. And the villagers on top look around with their eyes wide and the coffin flings the villagers off. Coffin and villagers fly into the air and fall off. Hit the ground. They all stand up. It's Hannah. Hannah Grana. We must get her to the grave. They all stand up. Forget the oxen. Forget the wagon. All the villagers grab the coffin and start making the way as fast as they can to the grave. Sun is going down behind the trees. And if they don't get her into the ground, vexations. They get to the, the grave site. They get all their spades and shovels and they start hitting the frozen ground as hard as they can. Hands are bleeding. Blisters are forming. And they're digging this thing as fast as they can. Just as the sun is going behind the last tree, they throw the last pile of dirt on her coffin and pack it down. And they pray they did it in time. What do we do now? Let's go to her house. Let's get rid of it. Let's erase Hannah from this world. Let's go. They all make their way back up the road. When they come around the bend... With the intent of getting rid of everything, they see Hannah's cottage completely engulfed in flames. The entire thing, a huge fireball in the middle of the forest. And they all stand there silently as it burns down and becomes black ash. It is told that on certain misty nights, the specter of an old crone will suddenly appear in the middle of Spring Hill Road, which will cause a driver to lose control of his or her car and life as he crashes into the gravestone of Hannah Crana. It's like, to this day, people think they see her. Bro. So going back to the story of Rod, Rod sees this, looks up in his rearview mirror, and he sees the road bathed in red. And he's overcome with a deep, dark sorrow. Turns his car on and drives home. And he goes into his house and he breaks down. And he's bawling. 
his wife comes and he's Rod, what's going on? What's the matter? He's like, I don't know. I just saw something. I think it was Hannah Crana. I just saw an old woman in the road. I don't know what's going on. Where'd you see it? Right in front of the cemetery. The old Union Cemetery? Yes. Rod, I think you should tell Ed. And he goes, okay, I'll call Ed in the morning. Goes to sleep. The next morning, the phone rings in the Warren's home. And Lorraine Warren picks it up. Ed, it's for you. And Rod tells Ed what happens. This is one of the most early investigations of Ed and Lorraine Warren was done at Union Cemetery in Monroe, Connecticut, where they lived and grew up. And it started me down a path of researching that, which I will cover in future episodes. But the stories of Ed and Lorraine Warren, famous demonologist and seer. Ed and Lorraine Warren are what? The Conjuring are based off of, Annabelle's based off of. Dude, they're like the most iconic demonologists or like paranormal investigators. Mm -hmm. Ed is the only person recognized by the Vatican to perform exorcisms who's not a father. And Lorraine has like the gift of sight and she has some crazy encounters with visions. Bro. But if you want, I have a couple photos. We can throw them up real quick. Next. It's all good. But that is the tale of Hannah Crana, one of the uh, America's original witch, and the beginning of the long stories and many stories of Ed and Lorraine Warren. That's Warren. wild, those connections. Yeah. I thought it was cool. I thought it was like a fun Halloween story. It was, yeah. Neat. That's cool. perfect. That's a perfect ending. This is right before Halloween, too, like. This app is going to come out like a week before Halloween. But going to what he said, Ed said this about inviting things. Oh, is he the one who said that? He's the one who said it. So let me just read it again because this is something I've like said, but having it reinforced by Ed means a lot. And he called it, it's a opening doors. But when you invite something, it doesn't always come then, but it does come. So he talks specifically about like young kids and teenagers and people who like go like, let's play with a Ouija board or let's call for a demon. And they do it and they look around. Nothing happens. According to Ed, that invitation is always answered, but not always at that time. I got a story for you. Oh my goodness. Next episode. Oh my goodness. It's exactly what you're talking about. And dude, I've I've played with a Ouija board. I've messed around with stuff before when I was young. No more. Not I'm not doing that stuff anymore. <laughs> uh, but he says what happens is an area will attract attention. Because of that attention, people will come and be like, "Oh, let's like you know, let's go see spookiness or let's you know," and it just creates more and more. And he calls it a like diameter or perimeter of a uh, misery. Oh shoot! And the cemetery where Hannah Crana was in the town of Monroe is one of those hotspots. And him and his wife collected hundreds of stories of demonic possession, poltergeist, murder, like all these crazy ass stories within a six mile radius of this cemetery. Well, if she wasn't a witch, (laughs) everyone believed it and made it worse. Yeah. They manifested it. 
So as you go out and as you uh, enjoy celebrate Halloween, season. just be careful. Make make good choices. <laughs> be careful what you invite into your life physically and metaphysically. Words to live by. That's a solid one. Done. <laughs> cool. How are you feeling? Good. Good. I hope our listeners are doing well. Enjoying your spooky season. Yeah. Enjoy Happy. life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Find something you're passionate about. Do it. Don't let fear hold you back. Make the decision to live life and not let life live you. Some would say live, laugh, love. Some would. Some would. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. We love you all. Trust your gut and watch your back. Bye. Love you. Be safe. Be careful out there. Goodbye. We'll see you soon. Baby, you want to say anything? Bye. Cool. Hello. Hello. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight, cisgender white men. And the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth. And together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.